the cool cats to another rocking episode of Yesterday Today. We're counting down the greatest hits from your high school years here on the show. That magical time when the summers lasted forever and love was the girl next door. First up, we got Wham! with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go on KISU. Sydney, what are you doing? Don't sneak up on me like that. Can't you see the recording later on? Yes, because we're here to record the show. Uh, were you were you trying to host yesterday today? What what are you doing this DJ thing for? Well, I mean, as you guys are aware of, I am madly in love with the producer's daughter Maisie. Oh uh, yeah, we we picked up on that, and I, and I have the distinct impression that he'd murder you if he found out. Didn't you see her for like five minutes? <laughs> yeah, and you didn't even talk to her. You stood there frozen in fear the whole time. That makes no difference. Love is blind, gentlemen. And mute, apparently. Anyway, there's no chance that a lovely, intelligent, and charming girl like Maisie could ever fall in love with a with a yokel like me. I was nothing but a two-bit janitor working for a two-bit radio show. Hey. No offense. Wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean you were a janitor? Well, fellas, I made the decision. I've got to move on. I can't stay a janitor. i got to make something of myself. That's why I was giving it a go at hosting the program here, you know, get my toe into other jobs. <laughs> hey. uh, speaking from experience, Sydney, saying that you host Yesterday Today is not as impressive to women as you might think. Yeah, we already have one more host than this show really needs. Hey! No offense. Uh, Sydney, I'm not sure if this is the career path you really want to dive into. I don't know if it's really for you? Well, I gotta do something. Where does an enterprising young man like myself go to find this vocation? Yeah, uh, we can sort out your career situation after we actually get the show started, so if you'll just scoot over here. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to Yesterday Today, bringing you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm Jake, alongside McLean here in the studio. I'm Sydney. Yeah, 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 he's Sydney. Today, the show is all about... College, higher education, university, the old alma mater. Hail, hail, the gang's all here. That's right. With classes here at Idaho State University having started this week, we figured there was no better time to present these songs and shows of college. The fine, ivy-covered institutions that have stood for generations, turning the men and women of each graduating class into fine, educated individuals. The spirit and traditions of college, they really are special. Gosh, really? Yes, and I'm sure those institutions, they're still providing the same quality product they were a hundred years ago. There's nothing as valuable as a college degree today. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no, seriously, seriously, no, seriously. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> um, anyway, scholastic matters, they were just the half of it back in the day. Equally important was the social life of the college student. Of course, no respectable college man could be caught dead without his raccoon coda and old ukulele. Oh, you're practically begging to be expelled that way, but nothing captures the spirit of that collegiate era like the songs that were popular on campuses back in the 1920s, which is why I brought a stack of 78s with me today. Um, I have to go do something real quick. I'll be back in the band. Uh, do you think you guys can hold down the fort without me? Yeah, I, I think we're gonna be okay, Sydney. <laughs> Great. Back in a few. He's peculiar, but he brings a lot of energy, if, if nothing else. Yes. Anyway, time to delve into the college scene of a hundred years ago.
down. Ten to go. Come on, boys. Snap into it. Signal. 48, 69, 37. Hike! Hike! you soon. Buy a coat and try it. I bet you'll be a riot. It's a wow. Learn to do it right now. Highbrow, lowbrow, intermediate. Make believe they're all collegiate soon. To do the raccoon. Raccoon coats don't care who's wearing them. Hallroom boys will all be sharing them soon. To do the raccoon. Scratches you wear it till the sheriff catches you soon to do the raccoon. For they wear them down at Princeton and the sheriff up at Yale. They eat in them at Harvard, but they sleep in them in jail. They store them at Ohio, they're hot as Notre Dame. They carry them at California, but they wear out just the same. At Penn, they're made of rabbit. At Vassar, sex appeal. At Nebraska, made of Airedale. In Chicago, lined with steel. From every college campus comes a cheer. Oy-oy! The season for the raccoon coat is here. My boy! Rough guys, tough guys, men of dignity. Join the raccoon coat fraternity soon. To do the raccoon. Rich men, poor men, all have pride in them. No one knows who walks inside of them, too. To do the raccoon. Every day you'll have your downs and your ups. I hope. Every day those raccoon cones will have pups. I know. Get a girl and start to hurry her right downtown to some big furry or soon. You'll do the raccoon. Rack, 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 rack. I'll show you how to do 
Collegiana, see how it's done. Easy as pie and lots of fun. You never have to study this muddy water hog. Miss Pollyanna never was glad until she grabbed an undergrad and did Collegiana. It never was a flaw. Honor students and every fight of gog all go to bed a gog at night. Two-step, new-step, you get along with me, you'll get a new degree dancing. You're gonna burn up, turn up your heel, air your books, you'll begin to feel. You know the new Hosanna, Collegiana Reel. Gianna started at Yale, spread out to Princeton, Princeton, blazed a trail. It murdered them at Harvard and dazzled Open State, Army, Navy, and Notre Dame. Started to dance and spread the fame of this Collegiana, cause it was something great. Cornell, Dartmouth, and Pennsylvania all got the mania and how. Oh, that Lehigh me had stepped to it. There's lots of pep to it, near me. Taking a hell of an engineer A hell of 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 an engineer Like all good jolly fellows, I drink my whiskey clear I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Taking a hell of an engineer Oh, if I had a daughter, sir I'd dress her in white and gold And take her on the campus, sir To cheer the brave and bold But if I had a son, sir i tell you what he'd do He would yell to hell with Georgia Like his daddy used to do I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia taking a hell of an engineer. A hell of 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 an engineer. Like old good jolly fellows, I drink my whiskey clear. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia taking a hell of an engineer.
Welcome back to yesterday today. I hope you enjoyed that bunch of uh, 1920s college songs. Kind of, kind of paint the scene of what campus life was like back in the day. McLean, I see you just got the mail there. What, uh, what, what came? Well, let's see. Bills. This wet magazine. Oh yeah. Uh, our mailman kind of likes to jump through the lawn sprinkler sometimes when it's hot out. More bills. Junk mail. Junk mail. Junk mail. Hey, we got something from our lawyer Willie. Willie? We haven't seen him all summer. It's a postcard. Looks like he sent it from Chicago. Wait, he's still in Chicago? That was that was months ago. Let me see that. Here. Let's see. Dear Jake and McLean. Wow, he spelled your name right. Hey, good for him. Oh, misspelled mine, though. J-A-C-E. Hmm. Anyway. Dear Jake and McLean, Don't worry, boys. Your old friend Willie is out of the clink. After the cops raided the conference, they couldn't technically prove I had actually scammed anyone. It just goes to show what I've always said is true. If you don't have an ID, you're a lot harder to identify. That makes sense. Anyway, I'm sure y'all have been missing me. Don't worry, I'll be back in Pocatello around... Well, around when? I can't tell. The card has a smudge on it. Great, now we have to dread Willie popping up at any moment. Well, it might be a while. He says before he comes back here, he has to raise bus fare. He's got someone interested in buying the bean. The bean? Yeah, the giant silver bean. That's some weird modern art thing they have there. He says it's technically his because his family name is traced back to yada yada yada, something about the government. I don't care. This is ridiculously long. I, I think he wrote extra tiny on this just to get his money's worth. Well, with news of the comical son's return out of the way, now let's get back to the show. Right, 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 right. Well, keeping with the theme of college, we have... My goodness, what catastrophe is that going on? Sounds like our ex-janitor back from whatever caper he went on. Sydney, what are you yelling about back there? Oh, that's not yelling, Jake. That's the old school song. ISU's fight song. I think. Is that what that was? That was unrecognizable. <laughs> you two are looking at the newest and proudest Idaho State Bengal on campus. I'm just registered for the fall semester. Well, that's lovely. What are you wearing? Oh, this here's my old raccoon coat paired nicely with my straw boater hat, of course. As you said, it's a requirement for any respected college man like myself. I mean, yeah, it was a hundred years ago. Um, Where'd you get that anyway? Oh, I found it at the thrift store. Could you imagine someone donating this beauty? Now, admittedly, I'm not 100% sure this is actually a raccoon. There's a little white stripe here by the arm that seems a little suspicious, but I don't think anyone will notice. Sydney, I thought you said you weren't going to college because you'd be irresponsible to rack up all that debt. Well, it's certainly not the safest move, but when you're completely reinventing yourself in order to win over the love of your life, you have to take a few chances. Besides, with a nice big fancy job I'll get using my college degree, I'll be sure to make enough money to pay those loans off in no time. <laughs> and if that doesn't work out, I'll beg a politician to do it for me. Right. Well, continuing on with our theme of college music... College music! Say, I think I could scrounge up a ukulele somewhere. I could play a couple of rousing school songs that'll knock the wingtips right off your Oxfords. Oh, Sydney, I really don't think that's necessary. No, 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 don't worry. I'll be right back. Gotta make another trip to the thrift store. Sydney, we don't really play newer... Music. Oh, let him go, McLean. He can do less damage to our eardrums out there than he can in here. 
If we hurry up, we might actually be able to finish the show before it gets back. Up next, we have an episode of The Halls of Ivy, starring Ronald Coleman and his wife, Benita. The funny thing about the show is that it's kind of a spinoff from the Jack Benny show, only in the sense that Ronald and Benita played Jack Benny's annoyed neighbors on the Jack Benny program, and somebody went, hey, let's give them a sitcom. Uh, it's a little more, you know, toned down than most sitcoms were, uh, dealing with the, the life of the president of Ivy College, Ronald Coleman, but uh, it's, it's enjoyable in its own little way, so here is that. And now, the Halls of Ivy. That surround us here today And we will not forget Though we be far, far away Welcome again to Ivy Ivy College, that is, in the town of Ivy, USA the inimitable Dr. Johnson once observed that there must be a time in which every man trifles. And the only choice that nature offers us is to trifle in company or alone. Dr. William Todd Hunter Hall, president of Ivy, has made his choice. He prefers to share his trifling, as well as all other things, with his wife, the former Victoria Cromwell of the London stage. Now, Josiah Todd Hunter... Dr. Hall's maternal grandfather was no trifle in his time, and neither is the moving of his portrait. Now, wait a minute, Toddy. Grandpa's shoulder's sagging. Hitch up his left side a little, see? Yeah, I know, dear, this wire's in the way. It's got hey, a don't, 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 try, don't try and talk. You swallow the nail. Yeah, here's the hammer. Go oh. ahead, I'll hold the ladder. Now, watch out, darling. Mm. Grandpa's on the floor again. Yeah, just like Grandfather, always resisting change. <laughs> he was a reactionary of the most virulent type. Although antedating the automobile, he saw life almost exclusively through a rear-view mirror. <laughs> I wondered why he looked so grim. <laughs> Would you smile if you'd been dropped on your ear? Yeah, but he's always looking that way, Toddy. Yeah, because he was always falling on his ear. <laughs> Ever since that time near the Chickahominy in 1862, in our war between the states... And now, if you'll hand me my grandfather, Vicky, I'll try to hang him again. <laughs> Here he is. There. That's solid. Well, Vicky, what do you think of him there? I'm not sure. Darling, tell me, what, what did Chick I have to do with Harmony? Well, my grandfather, uh, regarding us so malignantly from the wall was in the fighting along the Chickahominy River during the Civil War. Well, which war was Gramps in, the Civil War or the war between the states? Um, <laughs> Vicky, a trifle more regard for the history of your country by marriage would reveal the fact that they are or were one and the same war. Oh, well, then why didn't you call it, it the same thing? It is considered in certain circles, just why, I do not know, that the phrase war between the states is a more courteous term. If so, I am willing to use it, even though it is a euphemism. And I dislike most euphemisms. Uh, this is a very educational few minutes, Doctor. Uh, are you an expert on euphemia? Um, I, I don't know. I've never been there. Where? <laughs> euphemia. 
I never heard of it. I don't know how you get so confused the way you do. It's exciting. <laughs> I, I thought we were talking about euphemism. But we were. Are you an expert? No, 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 no Vicky, no, not again. Oh. Anyway, a euphemism is a ladylike term applied to a man-sized fact. Oh, it's a sort of literary antimacassar. Oh, very good. Excellent. Yes. Well, very good. Although... Although Grandfather doesn't seem to like it. He doesn't seem to like anything, the old sourpuss. I'm not sure I like it myself. You know, this side of the room has suddenly become top-heavy. Mm, it's not the picture, darling. I think it's the sofa. It belongs under the window. Well, then under the window it goes. Just think, Vicky. Grandfather, who resisted all change, has now become responsible for it. That's the trouble with most of us. We resign ourselves to the familiar, go through every discomfort to keep things as they are, when a little enterprise and imagination could give us a new perspective, mm. widen the horizon of our living. All because of your grandfather. Well, it took a bit of doing, but we found some good in him, didn't we? Well, now, let's get going. Now, you push, and I'll steer. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> now, that, but a bit more. That's it. No, wait, no, Tolly, wait, wait. The carpet's all bunched up. Oh, well, that's easily fixed. Now, when I lift the sofa... You, you smooth out the rug under this end. You ready? Ready. All right, up you go there. You got it? Is it smooth? Well, the rug's all right, but you're a bit hard to smooth. You're standing on it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Is, uh, <clears throat> uh, is, is this better? Well, it is squinch a little. All right, I'm squinched. That's uh, better. That better? Now, you hold it steady. I will. Uh, oh, my. What's the matter? What a pity. Look at that hole. Just look at it. It's a burn, I guess. The Victoria. I've been trying so hard to make that rug last. You'd never suspect that behind a sofa... Uh, Victoria! Right place was a, well, it wasn't even worthwhile for me to give up my pipe. I uh, Victoria! <laughs> what is it, Toddy? All my life I've tried to hold up my own end, but there comes a time... <laughs> ...to let go. <laughs> No hole in the carpet anymore. It's in the floor now. I think the sofa will stay where it is, Victoria. <laughs> well, I don't know, Toddy, there's still something wrong. It... Well, while you decide what it is, I'd better answer the door. Yeah, it must be the cleaner, darling. He promised to bring back my pink coat and skirt this morning. Yes, well, don't try and move anything else while I'm gone. Let me see now. I've got that wing chair over here. And then the coffee table has to go there. Even if I put that chair there, there's no plug for the lamp. So, no, that's... Oh, just hang them up in the hall closet, Toddy, will you please? Uh, both armors? Oh. That sounds like an uncomfortable way to spend the morning. <laughs> Mr. Merriweather, good morning. <laughs> and Mr. Wellman. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Hawk. You'll never guess what I thought you were, Mr. Wellman. What? A pink skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence, you've been called some pretty colorful things in your time. Blue nose, a red menace, a green-eyed monster, and a black pirate, but a pink skirt. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, Mrs. Hall. Uh, sit down, sit down, gentlemen. <laughs> well, hate to barge in on you like this on Saturday morning, folks, for two reasons. I don't like to be a nuisance, and I'd rather be playing golf. But, Doctor, I wanted to talk to you before the board meeting this afternoon. It's about the beautification program. I thought the board had already approved the plan. Well, one thing we left out. Nobody's ever settled the question of Emerson Hall. Now, I feel... Just a minute, Merriweather. What? I said just a minute. Why? Because I want to say something. <laughs> Heaven forbid. 
<laughs> As you know, I have stood back of the beautification program. I have stood behind it from the beginning. Four square. Four square? You? Yes, me. You are one square who has stood up against everything. <laughs> this is no time for jokes, Meriwether. Who's joking? There are some forces who want to carry this program to the extreme. When they propose to destroy Emerson Hall with its weathered boards and ancient walls, they threaten to destroy the hallowed heritage of Ivy itself. Who wrote that speech for you, Clarence? <laughs> History wrote it. History, Meriwether. Generations of Ivy graduates who have passed through the portals of this vulnerable, I mean, venerable building. <laughs> the years they have... Oh, shut up, Clarence. <laughs> Save it for the board. Anytime you start shedding tears, it's a sure thing somebody's water rates go up. <laughs> if there was ever such a thing as a sincere crocodile, you're it. This is a very serious situation. It is ridiculous that I should constantly be interrupted. I do not propose to permit this type of... Uh, Mr. Wellman. What is it? Um, uh, do, do I understand that you are actually fighting for the existence of Emerson Hall... On the basis of such an abstract value as its tradition? What's the matter with tradition, Dr. Hall? Just what, just what may I ask? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I, I'm in favor of it. Well, everybody knows how I feel. I'm all for tradition, per se, but not to the extent of breaking my neck in it. I think we need a brand new building. Uh, needless waste of money. Uh, but that's beside the point. Quite beside the point. We have embarked on beautifying the campus, and you suggest that we destroy one of its greatest beauties. Not to mention the needless waste of money, sheer waste. That's what it is. Have you taken a good look at Emerson lately, Clarence? Or couldn't you see it through your tears of reverence for our classical tradition? Yes, I've seen it, Merriweather, and I expect to keep on looking at it for a great many years to come. <laughs> well, gentlemen... <laughs> now, I, I realize we all have to come to a decision. The one thing we agreed on with regard to our beautification program was that it must be comprehensive. It doesn't do to change things piecemeal. <laughs> I learned that this morning by changing a picture from one wall to another. Let's fight it to a finish this afternoon. That's good with me. Now, come on, Clarence. Let's go. Uh, very well. Good day, Dr. Hall. Mrs. Hall. Goodbye, Doctor. And, Mrs. Hall, next time I promise to call only for purely personal reasons. You'll find me on the steps... Damp violets in my hand and a look of shy adoration on my merry weather beaten face. You don't need any reason, Mr. Merriweather. We always enjoy seeing you with or without violets. <laughs> hey, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, gentlemen. See you at two o'clock. Toddy, I've been thinking about this room now that we've moved the sofa. I know. We really started something, didn't we? But to quote myself, it doesn't do to change things piecemeal. Now, that must be the key. Now, I'll go. How do you do? I am from the phone company. Oh, yes. Well, come in. It's the man from the phone company, Toddy. Oh? Is he here to put one in or take one out? I uh, understood you wanted a longer extension cord, Dr. Hall. Well, he, he doesn't really want one, but he's getting awfully tired of lying on his stomach in his study trying to reach the telephone. Yeah. <laughs> I can just barely touch it with the tips of my fingers. Aggravating. Yeah. I... <laughs> I imagine it is. I wouldn't advise a longer extension, though. You wouldn't? No, ma'am. Personally, I'm against long extension cords. They look awful, you trip on them, they strangle babies and dogs. And you never can find the phone. You can say that again. 
Personally, I'm against long extension cords. <laughs> look off. Uh, uh, Mr. Um, um, Park. 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 Just call me Central. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Uh, Park, what would you suggest in place of the cord? Well, move the phone box. It's much simpler and less expensive, and you don't run any risks that way. Uh, let me take a look at that cord. Yes, here it is. You just start at the phone and follow it along, and when you get to the wall, stop. Thank you, ma'am. Well, how does it look? Well, let's see here now. The dial, the dial dial's too fast. Uh, that that's an easy fix, but I don't like the looks of that old cord. Well, yeah, I know. I've tried everything, but it just keeps on snarling. Well, I'm not worried about the snarls. Oh. Uh, have you got a minute? Yes. Yeah, have you got a minute? Yeah, I'd like to show you something. Uh, you too, Doctor Hall. Mm-hmm. Now take a look right here. Uh, you see that insulation uh, where the wire goes into the box? Uh-huh. A couple of more jerks on that, and crash, bam, boom, fuse. How is that again? Well, you're just real fortunate I got here in time, Mrs. Hall. Fuse, short circuit, clang, 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 fire. <laughs> we have been living dangerously, haven't we? I suppose that wouldn't happen if we had a new and longer extension cord. Well, it'll happen with any kind of cord. Oh. And the longer it is, the more there is to trip over I've never been in favor of long extension cords. Yes, <laughs> you, you said that, um, Central. I, I mean, Mr. Park. But uh, but I need a phone in my study. Why not install it in the simplest possible way? Well, just give the man the order, Doctor, and sis boom ba. The job's done. Uh, where's the study? Do re mi in there. <laughs> I don't know if this will work or not. Oh, fine. I, Nothing uh, like a specialist. I guess maybe I'll have to install another outlet. Say, do you have to have that desk there, Dr. Hall? Well, I'm used to it there. I don't want to ruin your life, but I'd like to keep it. <laughs> okay. But it ain't good. Isn't. That's sure right. It sure ain't. <laughs> You got some pliers? Well, we have a pair in the kitchen. They need a little dental work on the teeth, though. Look, did, did you just come out with suggestions, young man, or did you bring a toolkit as well? I got some here I guess I can use. Now, I won't bother you folks anymore. I'll be through here in a jiffy. One, two, three. Well, we'll be in the living room if you need us, Mr. Park. Four, five, six. <laughs> he seems to be serious enough about his business. I hope he knows what he's doing. Well, he sounds as if he does. Sounds. <laughs> That's the most accurate description, Vicky. I've never heard stranger sounds than Wowie. he uses to... Whammo! Whammo! You see what I mean? <laughs> I see what you mean. That outburst probably means that he has discovered that my study is bounded by four walls. <laughs> Which reminds me of Mr. Wellman, and I cannot think why. <laughs> but I can. He said it. Weathered boards, ancient walls, hallowed heritage. He's dreadfully miscast in that role. Doesn't sound tall right coming from him. <laughs> One man's cliché can be another man's conviction. <laughs> I'm rather sensitive about Emerson Hall myself, Vicky. It's practically the first thing I remember about Ivy. Dr. Palmer, he was president then, looking down on all us huddled and overawed freshmen gathered together in Emerson to hear his greetings that first staggering week of mm. college. 
Did you stagger as a Frenchman, darling? Uh, no, I just wobbled as a freshman. I staggered as a sophomore. <laughs> I fell flat on my face as a junior and crawled gloriously through my senior year. <laughs> well, at least I hope you're standing up straight at graduation. Yes, with the, with the staunch support of the proscenium arch of Emerson Hall. <laughs> so you see, darling, life as an undergraduate began and ended for me in Emerson. Naturally, any judgment I might have about its survival or destruction will be highly colored by grateful memories. Uh, Dr. Hall, uh, excuse me, but have you got a minute? Uh-oh. There's something I want to show you. Something else? Well, it's, it's not trouble, is it, Mr. Park? Well, it's never trouble with a telephone company, Mrs. Hall. That's nice to know. It's news, too. <laughs> Just look at here. Look at that. Ain't she a beaut? Uh, she? <laughs> I don't know, Mr. Park. Where is she? Right there. Look at that box. Look at those screws. Oh, rusty, aren't they? Well, of course, they've been there a long time. What's that uh, spot on the wall? That's her, Doc. Ain't she a beaut? That's where the box was. Oh, put it back. The spot looks awful. <laughs> no, that's too dangerous. I'm sure happy for you that I came out today. Now, look, now, let's all be happy with you, Mr. Park. What is that spot on the wall? Feel the wall, Mrs. Hall. Feel it. You got seepage. I have? Seepage? <laughs> well, I'll have the plumber in at once. Wait a minute, Dr. Hall. No, no, don't, don't tell us this anymore. Well, actually, I, I can't be sure. You can't be sure of what, for heaven's sake? Well, after all, I'm a telephone man. I don't have all this information at my fingertips. I'm just observant, that's all. Mr. Park. Yes, sir? Would you mind telling us what you're talking about? I'd be pleased to. The truth is, Dr. Hall, <laughs> you got a big fat case of dry rot. When there's beer on your mind, your best thought is Schlitz, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. More people like the taste of Schlitz than any other beer. That's why Schlitz is the largest selling beer in America. Naturally, it takes skill and prime ingredients to brew a really first-rate beer. But there's something else. It takes patience as well. There's no shortcut to the kind of flavor you get in Schlitz beer. And that flavor is due in part to the slow, painstaking process of mellowing. Now, every brewer has his own way of doing this, and the Schlitz way calls for triple mellowing. Yes, for the taste you remember with pleasure, Schlitz beer is mellowed three times. Mellowed by aging the barley till it's just right for malting. Mellowed by aging the malt till it's just right for brewing. Mellowed by aging the beer till it's just right for you. This time-taking process gives Schlitz a taste no other beer can match. In fact, that taste has brought so much pure pleasure to so many people, it has made Schlitz the largest-selling beer in America. That surround us here today. 
As we return to Ivy, Dr. and Mrs. Hall are waiting for the young man from the telephone company who's been exploring the nether regions of their house. He's been down in the basement an awfully long time, Toddy. Could something have happened to him? I was just wondering if something could have happened to us. Why should we accept him as an authority of dry rot? He's from the telephone company. That is, we... Vicky, how do we know he's from the telephone company? Well, if you're really dubious, I'll call the phone company and check on him. <laughs> With the box dismantled. <laughs> hmm, dismantled. Remarkable young man. I'll get it. Hello? No, he's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Who was it? Wrong number. <laughs> Excuse me, I heard the phone ring. Uh, was it for me? Yes. Uh, no, I don't think it was. It was a wrong number. Oh. See, Dr. Hall, have you got a minute? Oh, no. <laughs> it's later than you think, Mr. Park. Uh, what is it now? Oh, it's nothing. Nothing at all. At least there's nothing to get worried about. Guess what I found down in the basement? You didn't, uh, you didn't come across my old fishing rod, did you? No. Guess again. I know. My scrapbooks, they've been lost for years. No. Want to try again? No, Mr. Park, I don't. <laughs> I obviously do not get the refrigerator nor the vacuum cleaner, and I am certainly not going to try for six packages of your product, whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Come on down and I'll show you. Now, there's one thing you can be happy about. Yeah, at this point, Mr. Park, when you say that, I feel myself getting pale and starting to shake like a leaf. You've got a well-built house here. Good, solid beams, fine bracing, and plenty of studs. All in the right places. Yes, except when I try to hang a picture. <laughs> it looks wonderful down here. It reminds me of an old English house. Everything secure and substantial. Yes, I should think it's a pretty good foundation. Sure. That's why it makes me boil when I see things like this plumbing of yours. It's a disgrace. Three-quarter-inch pipe. Well, that's why we had that trouble with the kitchen sink. Well, you're going to have more trouble, Mrs. Hall. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Park. Yes, sir? Did you ever hear of a man called Frankenstein? Who? Can't say as I have. Does Which? Dracula ring a bell in your subconscious? No, sir. I've only had freshman courses. Uh, you could pass a master's degree in bloodletting. Now, what is the matter with our kitchen sink? Oh, well, it may go along all right for a while, but one day you're going to wake up and you'll be eating breakfast in a rowboat. Well, you sound even happier about that than you did about the dry rot. Well, it isn't so bad. You certainly weren't planning to live in this house very long, were you, Dr. Hall? I was thinking of it, yes. But, of course, eating breakfast in a rowboat could change my thinking. Well, if you're going to stay here, I'd have the wiring checked over. You're sure lucky I came out. Uh, Mr. Park, would it be out of line if I asked you what you brought us down here to see? Certainly not. What I found out here today... Oh, brother, what I've saved you. I got here just in time. Gee, you're lucky. <laughs> the lucky holes. Here we go again. I was hoping I wouldn't find any, but with these old houses, you almost always do. Oh, it isn't. It, is it? Yes, Mrs. Hall. Your dry rod has turned out to be termites. Now, 
Gentlemen, uh, we still have the most important item on the agenda. Mr. Chairman. I haven't mentioned what it is yet, Mr. Merriweather. We all know what it is, Clarence. It's Amazon Hall. I want to say that I personally have nothing against Emerson. Except but I, that you want to tear it down. As it stands now, it's a hazard to life and limb. I'm only concerned with the safety of the students. I am concerned with the tradition of IP. You're concerned with the money, Clarence, and you know it. Merriweather, sit down. And furthermore... Uh, Mr. Chairman... Yes, Dr. Hall. I agree with you, Mr. Wellman, that Emerson Hall represents a cherished tradition. And I agree with you, Mr. Merriweather, that it constitutes a danger to its occupants. By an unhappy coincidence, I, uh, I found out today that another building on the campus of Ivy, also of traditional value, is in a perilous condition, too. I would like to make a motion that we, that we consider what is to be done with this edifice along with Emerson Hall. What building are you talking about, Dr. Hall? Uh, the house I live in. Why? Oh, I paid an exorbitant price only a year ago for painting and redecorating that house. Yes, and Emerson Hall has been painted any number of times in recent years. But only the outside, Mr. Wellman. The danger lies deep inside. I understand, for instance, that Emerson's got termites. You're dead right, Doctor. You can hear him buzzing all the way out to my house. <laughs> well, my house has termites, too. Now, isn't it a fact that Emerson's plumbing needs repair? It certainly does. So does mine. But Emerson Hall, just like the house that is assigned to me as president, has a good foundation and a sturdy frame. With age... Oh, they've both developed a few aches and pains, but they can be fixed. There are generations of hopes and dreams, of study and achievement that have been absorbed in them. There are things associated with Emerson Hall and the President's house that cannot be rebuilt. The question is, are they worth saving? Gentlemen, I think they are. <laughs> In the living room. Hello, darling. What? Why, Vicky, look at this room. What happened? Oh, it all got so complicated. I put everything back where it was in the first place. <laughs> all except Grandfather. He looks the same anywhere. Hmm. Did Park ever get around to fixing the phone? Uh, he fixed it. How? Twelve more feet of extension cord. It's all over the house. We can skip with it any time you have a free moment and a feeling of abandon. You should, as the saying goes, live so long. <laughs> oh, the cleaner. I was afraid he wouldn't get here today after all. I'll get it, Toddy. All right. Now, where did he put the phone? It's not, uh... No? Uh-uh, here you are. William, uh, Mr. Park would like to see you. Uh, excuse me, Dr. Hall, but have you got a minute? <laughs> Mr. Park, I may be leading with my chin. I may be inviting certain disaster. I know I'm asking for it, but yes, I have a minute. Well, the reason I came back is I was really trying to make an impression on you. You did, Mr. Park. <laughs> you see, once I had big ideas about being a construction engineer. I started college, but then there was a war and I never got back again. I've always wanted to. But did you... did you expect that I might help you get a fresh start? That was the idea. I, I've learned as much as I can with my present job, and I, I know I need a foundation as, as much as a house does. I thought maybe you'd use your influence Everybody and... talks about starting from the bottom of the ladder, but I've never heard of anybody before trying to get into college through the basement. <laughs> well, it at least deserves encouragement. Besides, Ivy is indebted to you indirectly. It's worth a try. Call me Monday morning, and I'll put you in touch with Professor Cummings, head of our engineering school. 
No, no, no. On second thoughts, I might as well call him now. Excuse me. I'd be willing to take any kind of examination or... You any... passed a pretty stiff one right here in this house today. Uh, that's, that's funny. That's, that's really funny. <laughs> no, no, don't tell me, William. It couldn't be, shh, no. Shh, shh. Absolutely no sound at all. <laughs> Nothing but deep, inscrutable silence. Uh, uh, Mr. Park, have you got a minute? You're right. You need fresh interest. You've spent enough time with the telephone company. The phone is out of order. All right, that about wraps up for yesterday, today, today. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, give me the moon over Brooklyn when the long, long day is true. Hey, you dudes, wrap up that silly show of yours. I got some great news. <sighs> Just once, I'd like to get through one, one host segment without being interrupted. I'm thinking we start recording in an underground bunker somewhere. Nah, they'd still find us. Uh, what's, what's the good news? I'll tell you two chuckleheads what the good news is. Chuckleheads? My daughter Macy. She's decided to transfer to the esteemed Idaho State University. Oh, that, that's great. Congratulations. Some have described it as the Harvard of Southeast Idaho. Really? She's moving all the way from New Jersey to here. She's going to be living with me. Oh, man. Her pops. You know, in a way, I think you twos might have helped convince her to come. She didn't even mention transferring here until after I brought her to CD Station. I was afraid Sydney was going to scare the daylights out of Macy. But she didn't even seem bothered by the kid. Well, he did just stand there in stony silence, so that couldn't have done too much harm, I guess. That's true. He's a real wacko, that Sydney. But I suppose he's alright as long as he's quiet. I burn the world into me and make me leave the alcohol soon. To do the raccoon. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Sydney, what in the world are you doing? Oh, hello there, producer. Don't mind me. Just getting into the old college spirit here with my trusty ukulele. Well, Sydney, you're lucky I'm in a good mood or I'd break that little ukulele over your tiny head. What's the idea behind desecrating the remains of whatever cat died to make those ukulele strings anyway? Well, as an incoming frosh, I figured I'd better look the part of a college man if I want to earn the respect of the upperclassmen. Frosh? Upperclassmen? Don't tell me Sidney's trying to expand his minuscule mind by going to college. Minuscule? I know, Woids. What of it? You see, I figure giving an education is the best way of landing a respectable job, nay, a career, in order to impress your... Yeah, actually, um, we were a little, oh, a little too in- enthusiastic about our introduction to the show today, and that, and we inspired Sydney to register for classes. That's, that's what happened. Great. You're telling me that my daughter Macy makes up her mind to move all the way out here to Pocatello with her whole man. So she can take classes here only for her to end up being classmates with Sydney Snout Hound. Macy? She's taking classes here at my school? Yeah, that's right. And listen, I don't need you freaking out and making a move back to Joyzy. So listen, Sydney. I want you to cut down on all your goofy little annex when she's around. Don't be hunting no Bigfoot. Don't be making no age to cheddar cheese. And especially don't be strumming that little ukulele of yours. Got it? Hey, back to cold, 
stony silence. I like that. Anyway, I better be on my way. I gotta go get the guest room set up for Macy. I'll see you mooses later. Mooses? I know animals. What of it? Huh, Sydney, you gotta stop falling into these fear-induced paralysis bouts. It's, it's really concerning, man. I think hearing that Maisie's coming to ISU was too much of a shock for his little system. Well, I got him out of it last week. Your turn this time. Fine, I'll take him outside and spray him with the hose. That ought to shock him out of it. Oh yeah, take off his raccoon coat first. That, that's probably not gonna smell too good when it gets wet. Right, right. Uh, if you want more of Yesterday Today, uh, visit KISU.org or visit wherever you get your fine podcasts from. Come on, Sydney. Anyway, folks, uh, stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we have our fall schedule of programming coming up. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Got uh, some autumn-themed shows, uh, more college-type stuff, uh, football. It's, uh, you know, Halloween. No, that's a couple months off, but uh, got to look forward. I am I am ready to be done with summer. I don't know what it is about August and me, but we don't mix. We don't mesh. We're just incompatible. So, anyway, see you next week on Yesterday Today. Thank you.